Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. Get your Bibles, turn to the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel chapter 6. Pastor Billy, you can stay right there, right on that organ if you want to, that piano, Deidre, right there, because y'all going to help me. Woo! Y'all can tell I'm ready to preach. Nobody else shouts today, I'm going to shout all by myself. 2 Samuel chapter 6, I'll be preaching the whole story, but we're just going to read four verses. I want to read verse 16 of this chapter, 2 Samuel. While you're turning, I want to tell you what I've entitled this message. I've entitled this message, Don't You Let Anyone Kill Your Praise. Don't you let anyone kill your praise. 2 Samuel chapter 6, I'd like to just isolate verse 16. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Mishal, now scholars don't know how to say her name, if it's Michael, Mikal, Mishal, so I'm going to call her Mishal. If there's a Hebrew scholar here, correct me after church, please. David's, the city of David, watch this, Mishal, Saul's daughter. I'm going to come back to that. Do y'all see that? Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw her husband, King David, leaping and whirling before the Lord. Uh Uh-oh. And she despised him in her heart. Uh Uh-oh. Let's jump to verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Mishal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said... Listen to the sarcasm in her voice. I'll try to read this with a little bit of sarcasm because that's what's happening here. Oh, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. If you ever had your wife get mad at you, some of you men, you already... Know what I'm talking about, don't you? Got that little sting, that little cut. Now, if your wife gets after you because you've done something wrong, then she's right. But in this case, the woman was wrong. Her spirit, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. And David said to Mishael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your daddy and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, honey, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. And watch this. Therefore, Mishal, the daughter of Saul, not David's wife, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Oh, y'all better sit down and let me preach. I love to praise the Lord. I do. I love to praise the Lord. I love to come to church and praise the Lord. I love to glorify the Lord. I love to magnify the Lord. I stood back over there and sang. I've I've had a cold, so 
I don't want to lose my voice, but I was singing the Lord. I lift my hands. I love to pray. I love to praise the Lord in my personal time, in my prayer time. Uh, I, I spend, I've told you all this, and I try to, I don't do this to boast. I try to model for you. I spend most of my time, the bulk of my time, when I start my prayer time, praising the Lord and thanking him for what he's done in my life. I've made up my mind I'm not going to be an ingrate. I love to praise the Lord. I love to praise the Lord just out of the blue. I, I do stuff. I know, I know men who are around me sometimes when I'm fishing. i got some of the men in the church fishing, and we'll be fishing. We've been talking. All of a sudden, I go, oh, hallelujah. And I'm not doing that to try to sound spiritual because I'm the preacher. Just every once in a while, it gets inside of me, and i got to let it out. Every once in a while, I go, oh, glory be to God. Now, you may say that's weird. That's fine. Let me be weird. But Jesus likes it. I don't care whether you like it or not. You may think it's weird, but he thinks it's normal. I love to praise the Lord. I think we love to praise the Lord right here at HPC. Lord, if we didn't prove it, we did this morning, didn't we? I didn't want to preach. I just wanted you all to keep doing what you're doing. But that's all right. Hold on. We'll get back to it. it you know, I thought about three things uh, when, when I was dwelling on this introduction to my message. Praise is in our foundation. Okay, and so I, you, you all know I started this church with 23 and a, over 23 and a half years ago. I, I had vision of what this church was going to be, but one of the things I knew is this was going to be a praising place. I mean, for Pete's sakes, we named it High Praises. It's in our foundation. It's in our DNA. Praise isn't just what we do. Praise is who we are. I, you know what I love about There are a lot of things I love about y'all. One of the things I love about you is when the singers come out here, a lot of times they don't even have to ask you to stand. Y'all just stand up. Y'all ready. You come in on ready. It's in our DNA. If we didn't praise, somebody would say, hey, what's going on? Wait a minute. Why aren't we praising the Lord? What's, what's happening here? What, what's wrong? It's, it's, it's in our foundation. It's in our day, DNA. Let me tell you this. It's in our destiny. Okay, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know tomorrow I'm going to praise him. I don't know what next week holds, but I know this week, this, sometime next week, I'll be praising him. I don't know what next month holds. We're, we're, we're about to go into August, the dog days of summer. I can't wait for August to get over because college football will be here. And I get all excited about that. But, I, you know, so we just got to go through these hot days of August. But let me tell you, I don't know what's going to happen next month. I don't know what's going to happen in September. I don't know what's going to happen in 2020. We went into 2022 thinking everything was going to be cool. And, man, it exploded on us. Oh, Lord. But you know what? Whether it explodes or whether things smooth sailing, I know this much. I'm going to keep praising him because praise is what I do. When I want to get close to you. <laughs> so we're a praising place. I love praise. This story of our text is truly a story about praise and worship to God. And if I, and if I described it further when I was praising, praying this morning in my prayer time, I thought about this. It's, it's really more about not just praising but the presence of God. And I'll talk about that in just one minute. But it's, it's really the story is that the presence of God should invoke praise to God. So let me give you the backdrop. David had captured Jerusalem from enemy forces, made it the capital city of Israel. So he's developing that city. The priests and the Levites had come into that city and set up a place of worship, a house of worship, if you will, the tent of meeting. The Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, had not yet 
been brought into the city and into the house of God. David purposed in his heart that that was going to be one of the first things he did as king. And so together with the priests and the Levites, they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the house of God in Jerusalem. And again, let me repeat myself. The Ark of the Covenant was symbolic of the presence of Almighty God. Let me stop right here and say to you, like David, brothers and sisters, we should crave the presence of God in the house of God. There's nothing wrong with you getting out of your car in that parking lot, walking in this house, expecting to have an encounter with the divine. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's the way it should be. You know, I want you here. I want visitors here, and I want them to keep coming. I even want sinners here and backsliders here and the sick here and the hurting here. I want them here because I know they can be helped. But most of all, I want Jesus here. I've been in a lot of churches in my life. I've been in churches where everybody showed up except the Lord. They went through a format. They sang songs. Somebody preached. But the result was a dead, dry, man-centered operation, and nobody was affected. Nothing divine happened. No one was changed. I never want that to be the case at High Praises Church. More than anything, I want God to show up in our services in power and glory like I know he is right at this moment in this house. I want it every time we meet. I use this verse a lot. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. I love to remind you that the Bible says, your way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. God moves in this place. I want to experience the anointing. I want you to leave each week saying God was in our midst today. I want God here so sinners can be convicted and backsliders restored and sick people healed and bound people delivered and discouraged people encouraged and hopeless people find hope and doubters get filled with faith. But it only happens if Jesus and the presence of God is in the house. I can't do it. You can't do it. But he can do it. He can do anything. You know, some people say, well, you know, God doesn't work that way. That's not how it works. You know, we gather as the church and we do church, but you shouldn't expect God to show up and, and have all that stuff you talk about. You don't have to have all that to have church. You know, the problem with you Pentecostals, you're too emotional. <laughs> well, we are emotional. Here's my response to you. We are emotional, but so are you. You cry about some things, laugh about some things, get mad about some things. Everybody's emotional, okay? God made us with emotions. And there's nowhere a rule that says you check your emotions at the door. Oh, I'm just getting started. When you come into the house of God, it's okay to be emotional, I am emotional, but listen, I am also spiritual. Oh, come on, somebody. I know 
that a person can have a spiritual encounter with the living God. And that's the problem is if you go to a church and you don't think you can have a spiritual encounter and you're not coming in expecting to have a divine encounter and you don't think that God shows up, then nothing is going to happen to you. And it might be unemotional. But oh, when you come to a place like this where we walk in and say, yep, the Bible says that we're two or three are gathered together in his name. He said, there I will be in the midst of them. Then guess what? We're going to get a little emotional. Because God is in the house. Hey! <laughs> Woo! I like it. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I like it when I get the goosebumps. I like it when the hair stands up on my arms like it is right now. I like it when I feel the anointing. I like it when he makes himself real to me. You know, I got to this point in the message, and I was thinking about the story in the Bible of that woman with the issue of the blood. Women, I don't ever want to be crass in the pulpit. But, but to just say in terms that we all understand and still keep this thing, of course, incredibly dignified. Ladies, it was the time of the month for her all the time. Can you imagine? The blood flow never stopped, and so she was weak. She was anemic. She probably stayed sick all the time. Her immune system was probably depleted. She went to the doctors. They couldn't do anything back then. They were a bunch of quacks. Spent all she had. Didn't get better, but actually got worse. And then she heard about Jesus. All the hope that comes when you hear about Jesus. Oh, the faith that swells up when you hear about Jesus. Oh, when you've done everything you can do, there's still Jesus. Oh, when all the hope is gone, you'll still find Jesus can be a, a source, an answer. He can do what nobody else can do. There was a crowd about him. And in her weak, sickened condition, that woman pressed through that crowd. It was taking every ounce of strength. Excuse me, pardon me, pushing her way. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I don't want him to touch me. I don't want him to notice me. I'm ashamed of my situation. As a matter of fact, the law says I'm ceremonially unclean. I'm not even supposed to be touching all these people. If all these people knew I was touching them, I would get stoned right now. But she just kept pushing through. She didn't let anything stop her and she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment and when she did the Bible says healing virtue went out of his body into her body and healed and restored and fixed whatever was wrong with her and her infirmity my God he's a healing God he's a delivering God he's a saving God give him praise in this house this morning hey I want you to know he can be touched and you can touch him. The old song says, reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment. Your need to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord. My God, the cameras can't keep up on this, but I'm telling you right now, he's walking in the midst of this church. He's walking down the aisles. And I won't do it, but he's walking down the roads right now. He's saying, excuse me, pardon me. What do you, I'm gonna do it anyway. Excuse me, pardon me. What do you need? Here it is. What do you need this morning? Are oh, you worshiping? There you go, take that. You need a healing? There it is. You want me to save you? Boom, your sins are washed away. What do you need from me? You need me to help you? There it is. I'm telling you, he's in this house. All you gotta do is just reach out by faith. Reach out with a prayer. Call to Jesus as he passes by. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. 
somebody praise him <laughs> and not only can he touch you but you can touch him and he can touch you he can touch you this morning you can touch him one touch from him changes everything that's my introduction So when the presence of God showed up, that is life-changing, David started praising the Lord. Let me say it again. The presence of God invoked praise to God. When, I may offend one or two of you. When you walk in this place and God's here, you got to do something. Don't get mad at me, but I'm telling you, I don't know how you can stand there and not do something. I'm about to point if I don't make somebody mad while I'm preaching. I guess I hadn't done good preaching. I don't want to make anybody mad. I want to help you. You understand praise is what we do, right? It's part and parcel with being saved. Saved people praise God. Psalm 100 says, "Make a." let me just help you with it, okay? Here's what you're supposed to be doing. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. We've been doing that already. All the earth, all the land, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Watch out. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You don't have to wait two songs in to finally open your mouth and say something. You're supposed to come in at, at, at 9.58, 9.55, some of you 10.07, but that's all right. Don't worry about it. I'm just glad you're here. But when, as soon as you get in, you're supposed to have a thanksgiving in your mouth. Nobody ought to have to pump it out of you, pry it out of you. Take your mouth and come out. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. You don't need another reason except that one right there, and you could worship for 30 minutes this morning. For the Lord's been good to you. The Lord's brought you out. The Lord's helped you. The Lord's come through for you time after time. Some of you, it was this week. He's been good to you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. <laughs> Sit down, I'm just getting started. Psalm 95, verses one through three. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Now, some of y'all can't sing. I know that. When y'all don't sing in the same, you're trying to do us a favor. I understand that. But the next one you could do, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, for the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. It is proper and it is right to praise the Lord when you are in his presence. If the governor of South Carolina walked through the back doors right now, I'd recognize him. I don't care about your political affiliation. It doesn't matter. If the president of the United States walked in this door and I announced him, we would be obligated to stand to our feet and put our hands together and applaud him. What I don't care what you feel about his policies, his leadership, I'm not talking about that. The mere fact of their high-level leadership 
who they are and what they represent and the power they have, the mere fact of that obligates us as citizens to stand and to show recognition and respect. Do you understand that, right? Well, let me just transfer it to the spiritual. When the creator of all's creation, when the creator of everything comes into this house, when the Savior who redeemed you and washed your sins away walks through the back door, when the God who has been good to you time after time shows up, you cannot sit there and do nothing, but you ought to stand to your feet and put your hands together and shout and rejoice and give him praise because he is worthy and he deserves it. He deserves it more than the president. He deserves it more than the governor. He deserves it more than the Congress. He deserves it more than the Supreme Court. He deserves it more than anybody. My God, give him praise in this house. I know he's worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you. I think I'm still in my introduction. Whatever you do, don't you give him a half-baked praise. I never have like half-baked praises, half-hearted praises. David gives us a model. David danced before the Lord with all his might. Kind of like me preaching now. I'm giving you everything I got. I'm sweating. I'm going to go home and take a shower after this. You want to give God everything you got. Be all in in your praise. Put some energy in it. Let your worship be animated and alive. Some of you, that would be new. I'm not, I'm not being bad. Please, don't misunderstand me. That would be fresh for you because maybe your background, maybe you're new to Christ. You're still trying to figure all this out. But yeah, it's almost football season, and I've done this for all these years. I'm going to keep saying it. You better not shout for your team on Saturday then come to church on Sunday and sit there like a frog on a, on a log out in the woods somewhere. You jumped off of your couch and jumped up and down and high-fived people in your living room when your team scored. You better jump up off of that seat, and you better high-five some people and give God praise. Oh, some of you don't like that, but that's too late. I've already preached it. Our text contains two elements of praise and worship. Corporate praise and personal praise. The corporate praise is seen in verse 13. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Sacrifices. This was the standard prescribed worship for God's people commanded in the law of Moses. Everybody did this. And we do similarly today. We come in this house. I watched y'all this morning, especially since I was preaching on this. I watched y'all. Sometimes Pastor Billy said, would you stand with me? We all stand together. Would you join with us and sing? We all, for the most part, sing together. Every once in a while I'm out here, somebody's out here and They'll say, why don't you just lift, would you just lift your hands and together we all lift our hands in an act of worship to the Lord. You may be seated, we all sit together. We work together. That's corporate worship. Y'all know this. It's valid. It's powerful. It's effective. It's needed. It's part of the structure and order of our services. That's corporate worship. But personal praise and worship is discovered in verse 14. It may seem that I'm 
splitting hairs because you say, well, my corporate worship is still personal. It is, but hold on, and I'm going to create a different category. Just stay with me. Lest you're conflating them. Hold on. I'll separate them. Personal praise and worship is discovered in verse 14. The same David that was doing the prescribed sacrificing and worshiping suddenly danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. David stepped beyond the corporate worship to express his feelings and thoughts to God in a very subjective way. So I came here this morning as your shepherd and the one who loves you unbelievably to encourage you to give yourself permission to give God some personal praise. Your personal praise will be different from mine. I'm exuberant. I'm expressive. Okay? You don't have to do it like me. Don't ever feel pressured to do it. I don't have to do it like you, and you don't. it'll be different from me. Mine will be different from you. It's okay. I just want you to be sincere. I want you to be spiritual. I want you to be authentic and stay obviously within the guidelines of the Bible. I want to encourage you to shout to the Lord. Some of you have already done that today. Some of you ought to cut loose and dance one time in church. If when you were in sin, you used to go the honky-tonk and go down, go at it for hours, you could cut loose for 30 seconds and give God some of that. A holy dance. I'm encouraging some of you to jump up and down. Some of you to just kneel before the Lord. I love it when times we're in the service and they're singing the power and the presence of God. Some people just come down, they kneel. They're not down here. I've usually learned how to discern. A lot of times, most of the time, people come in, they're not wanting prayer. They're not needing prayer for something. They're just coming down to kneel in his presence. They say, y'all, y'all back here singing and praising and doing it, the corporate worship, but I just, I got to break out right now. I can't stay in my seat anymore. I got to walk these aisles. I got to get out here and kneel before him and lift my hands and praise him and worship him. See, that's personal praise. I want to encourage some of you to cry. Cry and weep before the Lord. To, to, to walk the aisles. Every once in a while, y'all just get out and walk the aisles. Say, what do I do? Just walk and praise him. Get started and go, uh-oh, I'm going now. What do I do? Just throw those hands up and start saying hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you've been good to me. I feel your presence. I love you, Lord. Touch me right now. I'm here. Just whatever you want to do. And just walk around and give him praise. And you need to know this. Corporate praise is a whole lot easier to do than personal praise. You have to crucify your flesh to do a personal praise. Hold on. Hold on to something. David laid aside his royal attire and put on the garment of a priest, a linen ephod. David was not a priest. He was a king. He wasn't anointed a priest. He was anointed a king. But he put on the clothes of a priest, and he said, I'm not going to try, dare to usurp the power and authority of a priest. I'll get killed that way. But I am going to do priestly activity. Because the priests stand before God and offer up worship and, 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 and expressions of praise and worship to God. And he said, I'm going to do the same thing today. He took off something and he put on something. Very simple preaching, but now, now I'm going to get in your stuff. 
if you really want to be a personal praiser, you may have to lay aside um, your pride. If you've got a lot of pride, you're going to have a hard time being a personal praiser. You'll do okay with the corporate, but you, you're going to have to lay aside your self-consciousness. Some of you, your ego. You're going to have to lay aside your concern of what others will think of you. If I get out there, what will my wife think? What will my husband think? You're going to have to lay aside, take off your fear of how you will be perceived. What will everybody think? Oh, they're going to think something, but it'll be good. And then you're going to have to take up something. You're going to have to take up a humble attitude. Humble that says, I'm just here for the Lord. You're going to have to take up a serving attitude that says basically what I'm about to say, what I'm about to do is not about me. It's all about Jesus. I'm not here to serve myself. I'm here to serve the king. David took it all off, and and then the Bible says he gave it all he had. He danced before the Lord with all his might. This is where understanding the words of the Hebrew language and doing a lexical syntactical analysis helps us to have a better understanding of exactly what David did. The Hebrew word means, watch this, to spin around and around and around like a top. That's what David did. Wearing nothing but a linen ephod with his crown and scepter and royal robe cast aside somewhere in the street. I can't do this because I'll get dizzy-headed. But that man went round and round. You know there was music playing because if David had anything to do with it, there was a praise band. Praise band kicked in. Give me a little praise band music, Pastor Billy Deidre. Well, yeah, they started that stuff and they went into whatever song they did. Probably did one of his songs. You know, the psalmist of Israel. And the presence of God has come into Jerusalem. The priests are carrying it into the tabernacle, into the tent of meeting. They're about to set it up in the Holy of Holies. David said, what I wanted to do is done. God's in the house. God's in my city. God's in my nation. I can't stand it. And the Bible says, spinning like this all over the place. Spinning like a top dancing. Don't you know there's about 12, 15, 20 people that started spinning with them. And they were jumping up and down and shouting and rejoicing. That place broke out into a praise. You know, we used to do that in the the church of God, except we called it the helicopter. I've never understood how people could do that because I, you ever play that game where you run out to the baseball bat and you put your head on it and you run, 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 then you're supposed to run back and you're running sideways and fall over? Yeah, about 15 seconds of that and I'd be laying on the floor somewhere and it wouldn't be under the spirit. But David spun into, there's a, there's a fellow, one of your brothers in Christ at the South Aiken Church of God. You've seen him, Pastor Billy. You know who I'm talking about. He plays in the orchestra. They got a little band like us. He's a trombone player. Where's our trombone players? He's a trombone player, David. David's our trombone player. David, can I borrow your trombone? I promise not to hurt it. Maybe. I've never seen, Pastor Billy and I've seen this. He'll be in that orchestra playing 
and the presence of God will come down. And, the, and he's, see, he's doing corporate worship. He's playing his trombone in the band. See, he's doing court. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Come on, I didn't lose you, did I? Y'all still with me? He's in the church. He's doing corporate worship. He's playing his instrument along with everybody. But the Spirit of God will hit him, and that little guy will come up out of that orchestra. He doesn't leave his trombone. He takes his trombone with him. He'll come out of there like this. That Holy Ghost hits him, and then he'll start running with that trombone. I don't know. He might have spun in circles with it, but he'll get to running with that. He's trying to hang on to his corporate praise, David, but he can't help it. He's got to let loose on a personal praise. I came here this morning to tell you it's time for some of you to get out beyond the norm of your corporate praise and decide I'm going to do something for Jesus. When's the last time you broke out of your comfort zone and said, I'm just going to let loose, cut loose, and give God a praise that I feel deep down in my soul. Come on, somebody praise him. Woo. All right, now that was my introduction. I get to the heart of my message. Y'all all right? You won't forget this one. Wouldn't you know it? Somebody tries to show up and kill his praise. king, the most self-conscious person in all of Israel. If any man had a pride, I'm sure it was David. Little shepherd boy goes to being the king of a nation, anointed by God. Lays all that aside and gets out there, cuts a jig, shows out. Watch, Watch this, watch this. Makes a spectacle of himself. That's how some people have viewed it. That's how his wife viewed it. Mishal. All people try to kill his praise. Mishal. You know, the worst thing to do is come home from a good church service and have a fight at home. It's bad enough to have a fight on the way to church. But what's worse is when the Holy Ghost has touched you and the anointing's on you and you have got such a blessing and you've cut loose and praise and then you have a fight on the way home or when you get home. He gets home. The Bible says he's ready to bless his household. He's blessed everybody else. He wants to go home and tell his wife what happened. I don't know why she wasn't at church. That was her first problem. People who don't go to church much can be praise killers. People with pride are praise killers. People that worry about what the visitors are going to think praise killers. I got over that a long time ago. If they ain't, listen, now they can get online and watch us before they come. They can read what we are. Used to be you just show up and check them out. But they've already checked us out before they got here. If they, and I'm, this is no affront to any of my brothers and sisters in these denominations. I'm just making comparisons, please. 
Don't read any more in it. If they wanted a Methodist service, they would have gone to a Methodist church. If they wanted a Presbyterian service, they'd have gone to a Presbyterian church. If they wanted a Southern Baptist service, they would have attended a Southern Baptist church. But there's something about this place. It might have been their first time to ever come in a Pentecostal church, but there's something they saw on that screen, something they saw on that website, something that somebody told them about how God touched them the past Sunday morning. They said, we need to go check out that church. I don't worry about the visitors. As a last matter of fact, the thing I worry about is if they show up and we disappoint them. Let's, my God, let's don't disappoint them. Let's be who we are. Let's be who we are. Let's be true to our faith. Let's be true to our distinctives. And if God shows up, let's praise him and let the Holy Ghost have his way. My God, I'm gonna shout. Hallelujah. Woo, I got an earned master's degree. I'm a pretty intelligent guy. But when I get in the presence of the Lord, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care about what you think. All I care about is what he thinks. And that's what happened to David. But let me talk about that, that praise killer first. Woo. Turn that clock off. No, don't, don't. I'm just kidding. I knew this was going to be a long one. Hold on. I'll get it out. Oh, Lord, I, I, I ad-libbed so long my screen went blank. Verse 16 tells us that she saw David in leaping, whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. I looked up that word in the Hebrew. She disesteemed him. She held him in contempt when he shouted. She devalued him. She lost respect for him. I'm not going to elaborate on this verse, but God gave me it, and I'm going to preach it, and I put it in red print. She loved David the king, but she hated David the worshiper. I'll just let you put that on and let it fit if it fits in your life. I don't understand, but that may help somebody. She loved David the king, but she despised David the worshiper. Now, why was she this way? There may be an answer right here. I tried to point out to you in the text. It's very interesting. The Bible's so interesting. Never is she referred to as David's wife. Go back and look at it and read it. She's always called Saul's daughter. Do you remember her daddy Saul, first king of Israel, had the anointing, had the presence of God, had the favor of God, the blessing of God, but then he backslid and didn't repent, and he became carnal, and he lost the anointing, and he lost the favor of God, and the, the anointing went on David, and the calling to be the king went on David, and the favor of God went on David, a man after God's own heart. David was his son-in-law, but David, who loved him and cherished him, his best warrior, all of a sudden despised him, devalued him. When Saul backslid, the devil got a hold of him and tormented him, and that's what happens when you leave God. You'll live in a tormented state until you come home to Jesus. And so he would call in David, and David would bring in his Guitar. Actually, it was a harp. And he would play and he would sing under the anointing praise and worship songs. And the anointed music would drive the devil out. That's a whole nother sermon right there. 
But there were times when David didn't even get started good. And Saul had such despite and hatred for David that he would reach over and grab a javelin, a spear, and throw it at David. And David would have to duck and elude him and run out the door. And, and for his entire, David's entire adult life, until Saul died, Saul pursued him and tried to kill the worshiper of Israel. You know what Michelle's problem was? She had her daddy's spirit. And in her own way, she was trying to do the same thing. Let me preach to you some things today. I'm going to warn you, not everybody's going to appreciate your personal praise. There are some people that will tolerate your corporate worship, but they may despise your personal expressions of worship. I'll tell you how to find out. Shout one Sunday and then see what happens. Don't be surprised if someone tries to kill your praise. Someone, and most of the time, they're probably under conviction because they don't have that kind of freedom, and they're trying to kill yours. They, they may make a subtle remark to you. They make a, make a joke about your worship. They may imply that your actions embarrass them. But don't you let them kill your praise. Parents, I want you to listen to me. All the parents, listen to me good. I have a warning for you. Don't you be critical around your kids about somebody's personal worship and praise. Don't you do it. You think you're just giving your opinion, but what you're doing is, listen to me, you're passing that Saul spirit to Michal. You're passing that critical spirit onto your son or onto your daughter. Do you really want to be guilty of that? And then don't wonder as well why your kids don't express their praise and worship to God when you're around. Because your criticism of others will stifle and kill their infant praise. And I'm telling you today, don't get mad at me, but if they don't worship and you wonder what's wrong and you're critical all the time, it's your fault. All of the students who are normally in Thrive on Sunday morning, they come up here on the fifth Sunday. I'm glad to have all the students up here today. I'm glad y'all are here to hear this. Students, I know y'all go downstairs on every Sunday morning, and while we're worshiping up here, these are the middle schoolers. They're downstairs. They've got their band. They sing. They worship. They express the Lord. But students, you listen to Pastor Chris, okay? Pastor Evans, your direct pastor, but I'm your overseeing pastor. You listen to your pastor, okay? You go down there and jump and shout all you want to, but don't you put that aside when you come up here on Sunday morning. I'm giving you permission. I'm having an expectation. I want to see every teenager in this church worshiping and praising and rejoicing. You've got my permission. And if anybody says anything to you about it, you just come talk to me and I'll take care of it. Listen, parents, everybody, I exhort you to praise and worship and model it to your children. Parents, we have to show them how it's done. I didn't come to church last Sunday because, to be quite honest, my family was war slap out. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. I'm, I'm going to confess. I got in my boat, went on the lake. Oh, God, the pastor missed church and went on the lake. God help us. I probably shouldn't have told that, but it's too late. It's out now. My family was grieving. Pastor Terrence had said, 
do you want me? I already said, you preach this Sunday. He said, do you want me to be, you got me scheduled. I said, no. I said, God's given me a word, and I'm going to stop right now. I will talk about my father. If you were here and heard the sermon, you heard me say many great things about my father. I didn't even begin to scratch the surface. I could fill your ears for hours of, of my dad and the impact he had on me and what I learned from him. But I know this much. I heard my daddy pray and praise. I watched him. My daddy would rejoice. I have, him, I have memories of when he would travel, and we'd travel with him, and dad's, he'll be preaching in a few months, but we're staying in the congregation, and the Spirit of God would move, and I just remember my father starts pray, praying in tongues in church like I do now as a grown man. I remember as a child, my dad speaking in tongues, and I'm looking up watching him, and I'm thinking, man, that is so cool. I'm just thinking, my dad, that's something right there. I mean, I, I didn't understand it all. And the older I got, then I began to realize my dad's full of the Holy Ghost. He praised the Lord in the spirit. My dad, I, I'd seen my dad rejoice. I've seen my dad dance in the spirit and get excited and shout. My dad modeled for me. My mother did too. She still does. They modeled for me. Parents, I'm telling you, let me say it one more time. If you let me keep passionate, I'm going to keep saying it. A lot of things are better caught than they are taught. And if they watch it, you know what You know what my daddy told me? When I saw my daddy praising and worshiping the Lord in the church, that modeled it for me. It told me that it was okay for me to do it. Parents, let's let our kids know that we're going to praise and worship the Lord and we want them to know it's okay for them to praise and worship the Lord. we got to raise up another generation of praisers. If we don't, we'll have a problem on our hands. But if we'll raise up a generation of praisers, God will move and the devil will tremble. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Give your kids permission to praise the Lord. Encourage them. I'm almost done. Meshach ridiculed David. She tried to make him feel guilty. You know, that's what praise killers do. They make fun of you. They say things to put you under condemnation. But her tactics did not work on David. <laughs> he basically said, I don't need your approval, Michelle, sweetie. And I will not be swayed by your disapproval of my personal praise. I don't worship for you, babe. I don't praise because of you, sugar pie. I worship before the Lord. And honey, I love you, but I don't, right now I don't care what you think because all I care about is what God thinks. And he thinks that what I did was pretty cool. He thinks I should praise him. He thinks my praise is awesome. He thinks I should keep it up. That's what basically he told her. And what he said next to her seems a bit harsh. But you have to understand, she asked for it. You know, it's one thing when somebody says something mean to you because they're just being mean, but it's another thing when you ask for it. And she asked for it, and she said to him, you need to get on that organ and help me out right now something. She said to him, you think I showed out today? She, he said, do you think I embarrassed you today? He said, woman, I got news for you. You ain't seen nothing yet. You wait till next Sunday gets here. 
when next Sunday gets here, I'm going to shout even more than I shouted last Sunday. You think everybody was watching me last week? I'm really going to stir it up. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get down on the front where the camera will get me, and everybody online is going to see me. But you're not going to kill my praise because I'm a praiser, and I don't do it for you. I do it for Jesus, and I'm going to keep on praising. Somebody give God praise in this house. Somebody give God praise in this house. If he saves you, you ought to praise him. If he ever healed you, you ought to praise him. If he restored you from a backslid condition, you ought to praise him. If he set you free from alcohol addiction, drug addiction, gambling addiction, pornography addiction, you ought to praise him. If he ever reached down and helped you, you ought to praise him in this house today. If he's healed, you praise him. If he's protected, you praise him. If he ever strengthened, you praise him. If he ever helped, you praise him. If he's ever encouraged, you praise him. If he's ever comforted you, praise him. If he's ever brought you out, brought you over, brought you through, you ought to praise him this morning in this place. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.